And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. My name is Dave Taylor. Thanks for checking us out today. We're FM 99 to 106.9, the Fox's only wrestling podcast, but uh, sometimes we add a little bit more to that, like we're doing today. Again, you can check us out at FM99.com or 1069thefox.com under the media tab. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, ESPR99, and uh, give us a follow, give us a like. And again, from time to time, and we've been doing this more and more lately, because we get certain guests lined up, and uh, we put them on the podcast. So uh, today, we're going to talk to Robin Taylor Zander. He is a, a part of uh, Cheap Trick. Of course, his uh, dad is uh, Robin Zander. And uh, Robin, uh, when he's not doing Cheap Trick and they're on the road this summer, He's doing his own thing, and he just put out a new album, which we'll talk to him about, an album called The Distance, which, uh, man, has this like big like John Lennon kind of feel to that, and uh, we'll go into that. But the album is available now at RobinTaylorZander.com. And without further ado, let's get into the interview with Robin. On the line with me right now, a, uh, a guy that's uh, kind of following some awesome rock and roll footsteps and creating some of his own. I, I guess I guess you are like an official member of Cheap Trick, right? Robin Taylor Zander on the line with me today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, you, uh, I've seen you in concert, and uh, man, I, I tell you what, man, like obviously you had so, uh, a, a you know a great teacher in some ways, but holy crap, like you kind of taking this thing on your own and doing your own thing now. Yeah, yeah, I've got my first, uh, my debut record came out uh, about a month and a half ago, and I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Anyone who's seen me with Cheap Trick, I've been around since uh, 2017 as a touring member, uh, playing rhythm guitar and uh, background vocals. And uh, and now, yeah, you just mentioned the album that came out, um, The uh, Distance, which uh, came out in April. You know, I listened to High and Dry, the uh, first single from that, before before I, I read notes on, on you. I mean, I'm familiar with you, uh, it, you know, the backstory, but I was listening to this going, well, dang, man, this is like some John Lennon influence. And then I look and see who produced your album, and he had freaking Jack Douglas, the guy who produced yeah, John Lennon. <laughs> Jack, yeah, High and Low. I love High and Dry. That's a good oh, song, but shoot, High and sorry. Low. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'm uh, thinking of yeah. Radiohead, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Radiohead. <laughs> but, um, High yeah, and Low, uh, yes. Yeah, Jack, Jack um, he produced Double Fantasy with John Lennon and um, Yoko, and... He did the first Cheap Trick record, uh, so that's how I how I know Jack. He's a good friend of my dad's, and um, he's worked on everything, man. He's worked on Miles Davis. He's worked on Patti Smith. He's been working on Aerosmith records for years. Um, he's a great guy. What uh, either now these songs you put together in this album? These are songs you kind of had for a while. It just did it take a while to get in the studio? Was it just you know the timing of the right people? Because you play all the instruments on this, except for uh, the brass section. Am I right? Or? Yeah, yeah, everything except for maybe a cello here or a, a horn there or a harp there. Everything else is me, so I did the rhythm, drums, bass, guitar, piano, vocals. Dang yeah, man. I did all that. Uh, how How is that process different than, like, you know, recording an album with a full band? I mean, is it longer? Do you, do you like, I mean, what, what, what goes into the thought process of that? Because you have to create everything from scratch. Yeah, you have to go and kind of layer each song. You have to start with either a piano or guitar and then get a rhythm, and then you, you lay down the drums and the bass after that. It's way different than uh, working and bouncing off ideas with other musicians. You kind of have to have everything planned out uh, pretty pretty precisely before you actually go and record it. So uh, the record took a lot of pre-planning, 
Um, but once we started going in and, and working on it, it was it went pretty quickly. We were done in about three and a half, four weeks. Wow. Wow. And now are these like, you know, riffs you had had in your head or, or, you know, maybe it's just some rhythms or something? Because, you know, like you're kind of like the utility guy, like I guess in Cheap Trick, because, you, you know, the vocals, the guitars, the drums and everything. I mean, where did it, did yeah. it come up on the spot or? Uh, no, not at all. I, I I went home and I was demoing these songs for months and, and getting all my parts down. Um, it was very planned out before we actually went and recorded it. Um, because, you know, it costs money to record a, a record, and it's a little cheaper if you get it done a little quicker. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, now, what was your influences growing up? Because obviously, you know, you just mentioned, uh, you know, your dad was uh, friends with Jack Douglas. But, like, like, what was your growing up like? I mean, you know, you had to be, like, hanging out with a who's who in some ways, right? Um, I, I definitely had opportunities to meet some really cool musicians as a kid. Uh, being my, my dad uh, toured with a lot of cool bands growing up. I got to see bands like Kiss and Aerosmith and ACDC. Um, you know, they would play uh, the same bill occasionally. So um, I got to see and meet a, a lot of cool people when I was a kid uh, that I, you know, wouldn't, I didn't even know who they were really when I was little. And then I grew up and realized, oh, that was Gene Simmons or, you know, <laughs> oh, that was Brian Johnson from ACDC. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of great opportunities and, um, you know, Cheap Tricks opened up for every big band you could think of the past 40 years. And um, you know, it's just been, it was a, I don't take it for granted. That's for sure. What was, uh, you know, like your influences growing up musically? I mean, obviously when I, you know, listened to high and low, like I said, you know, I had like this Beatlesque, like, like John Lennon kind of feel too, but like who else, you know, like what was, you know, in your collection or, or what you know, did you go through your dad's record collection and go, Oh man, I like this. Like if I can play like this, this would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I grew up on my, my mom and dad's record collection and their CDs and, and all that. So as a kid, I listened to a lot of um, 60s British Invasion, which is uh, a lot of my dad's stuff. And then I listened to a lot of 70s and 80s, which is a lot of my mom's stuff. And between the two, that's you know what I was raised on. So I, I love the Beatles and the Stones and the Who and the Kinks, um, you know, bands like that. I love stuff in the 70s, like, you know, Super Tramp or Chicago or you know the punk movement like the Sex Pistols and the Clash, all that, all that good stuff. When when did you decide? You know, because not every you know rock and roller kid you know uh, becomes or I should say son of a rock and roller or your daughter of a rock and roller continues in the business. What was like for you going? I want to do this. Well, um, I guess growing up around it, um, every summer when I was off of school, I was able to go and uh, see my dad perform and see Cheap Trick play. And they're such a good live band, and they've always been a good live band. You know, they're known for their live performances more so than their records even. Um, so, you know, when I was a kid, I just I got to see a really good band do, do a really good job every night, and they'd always give it 100%. So... You know, when I got when it got the time for me to you know choose what I want to do for a living, I, I kind of always knew it was going to be uh, you know performing um, uh, music in some some way, shape, or form. Are, are you going to do some shows of your own to uh, play tracks from the Distance album? Oh yeah, definitely. I've actually already started. We did about a half a dozen already. Um, just these little kind of coffee shop kind of performances. But um, I have a band that I'm working with that's based out of New York. And they're called uh, Boys Go to Jupiter. They have their own music out. And um, 
Uh, we just started working together last month, and we're going to have a couple um, dates announced here in the summer and in the fall for people to check out. If you go onto my website, robintaylorzander.com, you'll find all that info there. But um, yeah, it's uh, exciting. I'm 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 ready for people to hear it live because there's there's strong melodies and uh, you know catchy choruses. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you like from the album? What's what's some of your favorites? Um, so far, you know, the singles that came out, I, I love, you know, I love, uh, songs like High and Low and, uh, the title track, The Distance and, uh, What Am I to Do? Um, those are the first three that came out before the record got released. Um, so I'd start with those three, but if you like, if you like country, if you like rock, if you like pop, if you like, um, you know, there's a little bit for everything. There's even some hard rock in there, some punkish kind of feel. There's a song that fits all moods, so... I'm just excited for people to hear it. Nice, nice. Now, what is, what is I guess harder? Is it you know being being you know part of Cheap Trick or doing your own thing and then taking that on the road? Uh, doing my own thing for sure, because Cheap Trick, you know, they they're already established and they have a you know a pretty cult following when it comes to their fan base. So, um, you know, I've I'm pretty familiar with that with that material. When it comes to my own, I'm. I'm even still kind of like figuring out how to do it live, you know, because there's so many parts that we added in the studio that it's kind of hard to, you know, bring a, a horn section with you or, a, you know, a four-piece uh, string quartet, you know, and stuff like that that we used on the record. So um, we're still feeling it out. I've got a five-piece band that I'm working with. And we're doing all the harmonies, vocals, and all that. So it's definitely a challenge, but um, I'm up for it. Awesome. Now, when you became a part of, uh, like, Cheap Trick, how, like – was it intimidating at first? I mean, can you kind of go to the process when it was kind of like, hey, do you, do you want to do this? Uh, yeah, it was, it was really intimidating. I mean, I had a, a really, you know, uh, awe-inspired kind of moment the first time I walked up on stage. I was, I was usually I don't get nervous on stage, but I was pretty nervous that first couple weeks of playing with them. Um, because they have such a, you know, a cult kind of loyal fan base that follows them around everywhere. It's, it's almost like they've never been a five piece band. They've always been a four piece. So I was the first person really that they added that was a solid fifth member. And, um, you know, so I, I didn't take it lightly. I, I was definitely nervous. And you said, you know, in the summertime, you got to go like, you know, with your with your dad on the road and stuff. But, you know, obviously there was times of you're in school or you're away, you didn't have that. But what is it like now, you know, when you, and you guys got a big tour coming up, uh, you know, you're doing a tour with Rod Stewart. Holy cow. Um, you know, <laughs> what's what's that going to be like? Because now you get to hang out with them every night. Well, yeah. I mean, when we go on tour, like for the summer, we'll be all over the place. We'll be in Canada. We'll be on the West Coast. We'll be in the Midwest. Um we just did the East Coast the past couple months, so we're hitting everywhere. And with Rod Stewart, it, like last year, we toured with him as well, and um, we got to go all over with him in the South and the East Coast and and the Southwest. And you know, we got to spend some time with Rod, and he's such a great, you know, a great guy and such a character. And you know, he's been around um, all the biggest musicians that you could think of, you know, since the '60s. I mean, he's he has all the stories that you'd want to hear. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so just, you know, being able to kind of pick people's brains, like, you know, people like Rod Stewart is just for me uh, as a young musician, it's a, it's an honor. You know, his music has changed over the years where it's kind of gotten more, um, I don't say like songbook. Do you, do you like, how does that, how do you guys mesh? I don't know where he's at musically now. I mean, I know what cheap trick is. I seen you guys, uh, 
you know, probably five to ten times in concert and stuff. So how, how does that go together? Uh, it goes together great. I mean, sometimes you, you kind of get a little worried about how two things will mesh like that, but because uh, they are different kind of styles. Rod, he does everything. I mean, he, he comes from a rock and roll background, but he does, you know, standards and classic music and, uh, you know, pop, a lot of pop music. And he does a little bit of everything. So he does a lot of covers in his set. And he's got a huge band. He's got like a, you know, a 12-piece band that travels with him everywhere he goes. So, you know, we're a little five-piece rock band. So what he really wants out of a an opener is is a, a exciting rock band with catchy songs, and that's what Cheap Trick is. So I think it goes goes great together. Yeah, that's gonna be fun seeing you guys on the on the road together. Is there a song that you love that uh, to play in this in the set? Yeah, you know, when when the, when the show comes around, you know, is there something like? Do you fight for a song or say, "Hey, can we do this one?" or, or who's can who's in control of the set list? Uh, there's a few. Well, I I I start with a set list and then I pass it around and then it gets edited and then it comes back to me. Um, so we it's very democratic. But there's a few songs that I like. They have so many records. They have 20 studio records. So there's a lot of material to choose from, and you know, so I I have to go through and and we always do a different set every night. It's never the same set twice. If you look at our website, we always post it after every show, so you can see what we play, and um, we always. You know, it's almost a fight to try to see what kind of songs we can get in and what songs, you know, we can leave out. Because sometimes you can't leave out like the hits and, you know, the the audience favorites have to be in the set. But we do our best to change it up. Yeah, at one time you guys were here and during Soundcheck you played Woke Up With a Monster and I was pretty stoked. It's like, man, I'm going to get to see that live where they're doing it there in Soundcheck and then you guys didn't play it. <laughs> man, that's I love that song and that's one I wish we could put in more because it's a tough one to sing. It's a tough one to sing. But, yeah, um, that's got to be tough on the vocals with the. Eh, but uh. yeah, yeah, my dad's uh, like my my dad's uh, Kurt Cobain moment in that song. <laughs> uh, but that, man, that was such a. Uh... Yeah, you know, just when that came out. I mean, it was just so cool, um, you know, because everybody's got their ups and downs. It's like, damn, it's like finally, it's like I, I like that song, and then you know, and then. It, but every time you guys have come, I don't think I've seen that song perform. So when you come to Virginia Beach, just make sure that's on the set list. That's just... hey, I'm gonna write that down in my notes. Virginia Beach woke up with a monster. Uh, but I mean, you know, but uh, you know, clock strikes ten, all this other stuff. I just, you know, oh, there's just, you know, it's just so fun seeing the guys. Hey, we just concert. played clock. We just played clock uh, on an encore a couple nights ago, actually. Oh, oh my, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that one in. Hey, I love. We have the same taste. And yeah, music. how about that? Uh, some good stuff. You know, it, it, do you do you go back and like see old concert footage or like the music videos and you know kind of like tease your dad a little bit? Cause some of the stuff. I mean, like nobody knew how to mu- make a music video in the eighties, and some of it was a little silly. But <laughs> oh man, I mean, some of their music videos from the eighties are the definition of silly. I mean, I don't <laughs> think anyone knew what they were doing when MTV started. You know, yeah. but um, yeah, of course, you know, like the if you want my love with the swinging headlamps, um, <laughs> you know, like the, you know, or the uh, she's tight video where, yeah. you know, it's just a thousand things going on at once. But yeah, there's I have to tease them. I mean, how could you not? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, well, I appreciate you checking in. Hey, uh, do, you, do you ever get to play the guitar with all the frets? I mean, there's one time where, uh, you know, <laughs> can you play somebody I've, else's guitar? I've, <laughs> I've picked it up one time. I've never played it through an amp. Um, that's I'll leave that to Rick. Rick can Rick can play the five neck. Yeah, because because I know uh, one of our jocks many years ago interviewed. I think when Rick first introduced this guitar, like back in the early '80s, when he guys played a show yeah. in Hampton, he's like all the all the all the frets and that you know everything on that guitar works, and it's just like, yeah, what? 
Yeah, it's a fully functional guitar. You could, you know, you could hop around from one one neck to the next, and it all works. Man, that, that's, how much does it weigh? Oh man, that's a weighs a ton. I, I mean, he doesn't do it every night. You know, he doesn't do it. Sometimes he'll do it, and if he's not feeling it, he won't because it's just a heavy load. Well, good luck with everything, and uh, woke up with a monster next time uh, in Clock Strikes hey, Ten. Next time I'll, you're in Virginia Beach. <laughs> Virginia Beach. Mental note. Yeah. Thank you so much, Robin. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Anytime. See you later. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Man, he was great to talk to and appreciate Robin Taylor Xander coming on the show, talking about uh, Cheap Trek and his dad and and his influences. And the new album, The Distance, which is available through his website, RobinTaylorXander.com. And thanks for checking out Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat ESPR 99 on Facebook and Twitter. And, uh, of course, 1069thefox.com and FNM99.com under the media tab. You can check out some of our previous episodes, some of our interviews. And uh, coming up, of course, uh, we got WWE's Money in the Bank. And uh, we'll do a, a big wrestling uh, episode coming up in the next couple of days. But just wanted to get this one in there. And, uh, again, thanks for uh, checking us out. Eat, sleep, podcast, repeat. And thank you for listening. And, as always, make sure you eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. Make it a great day.